Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. So hello and welcome to another podcast from Disruptive HR. And today I'm here with my business partner, Karen. Hiya, Karen. Hi, Lucy. How are you in lockdown today? I'm okay. It's raining, but I'm okay. So Karen's in Cambridge. I'm in London. We're obviously both locked down. And what we wanted to do today was to look at one of those processes that is clearly going to present more challenges during lockdown, and that's onboarding. Now, we've been challenging some of our key processes for a while, including onboarding, and we think that the lockdown, whilst it makes it trickier to deliver, you can actually achieve the same outcomes or maybe even some better outcomes by using lockdown to the constraints of lockdown to rethink them. So let's have a look at onboarding today. Mm. So in your view, Lucy, then, what do you think are the key outcomes of a good onboarding experience? I mean, I think there are lots of outcomes from a great onboarding experience, but I think there's four really critical ones. I think it's about being manager-led, It's about helping people feel that they belong and that they are socially accepted. It's about getting them up to speed as quickly as they possibly can be. So starting as much as you can before they actually start. And finally, I think it's about not having it done to the employee, but the employee owning their own induction. So maybe we just look at each of those in turn and and perhaps give some examples of what companies are doing. And if we kick off with, I know something that's very dear to your heart, this idea of it being manager led um, rather than HR led. Um, So what would that mean to you? I just think the relationship that we have with our line manager is so important and it's important that it feels good right from the beginning. That's probably is the manager that recruited you in the first place. And so I think they need to be very involved in the onboarding process. Um, I think in the past, and I've been guilty of this in HR, of taking over a bit and owning the induction process on behalf of the manager. Um, And I think that our role is not to do the induction, but to give managers the right tools, the insights, and the confidence for them to do it themselves. So LinkedIn, I think, do this really, really well. Um, They know how how important the hiring manager is in terms of creating a really great experience, but also in terms of getting people up to speed in their jobs very quickly and also holding on to them for a bit longer. Um, So the HR role there is about giving managers the tools that they need. It might be a template to send an email congratulating them on starting. It could be a customised checklist to help them stay on top of kind of the logistics and experiences that they might need in their first 30 days. And they also uh, prompt the managers on when to set up their first one-to-one with a new person and also encourage the manager to find another person within LinkedIn to act as a bit of a buddy 
that they can pair up with a new person so that someone's got they've got someone to go to to ask those stupid questions that we often have when we start a new job. I like that kind of prompting, you know, it's not just providing them with a, you know, an induction training program or a huge long checklist, but those kind of little nudges and little prompts. Yeah. Google do that as well. Yes. So the second aspect you mentioned, which is about onboarding starting before they start, um, this is going to be much harder in lockdown, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is, but really important. And, you know, it obviously involves a lot more trust in your future employees because you're giving them stuff before they've actually walked through the door. But I think the more you can give people to complete and get out of the way and make them feel part of the organisation and get all the admin done, the more effective and more confident the employee is on their on their first day. So there's some basic stuff that you can do, giving them access to you know your intranet your comms platform and you can give them obviously all the links to the paperwork that they might need to complete send them some videos give them some useful apps give them answers to new starter frequently asked questions get them set up on slack get them set up on hr systems maybe give them a a list of of where they can find useful stuff how to reach out to it for technical issues if you can get give them the equipment that they need, send it to their homes, their software, give them logins, get their email accounts set up, maybe even send them some gifts. So by the time they start, they have already got all of that out of the way. You know, some companies that are doing this really well, Ernst & Young, I suppose, would be one I'd call out. What they do is they have a really innovative onboarding portal, and that includes things like a, an online virtual tour. So it, it kind of shows them where they're going to be sitting, I think even more important, given it could be some time before they see their actual <laughs> desk and their actual office. It talks them through the onboarding process. Again, it gives them frequently asked questions uh, the answers to those and uh, you know just really kind of gives them as much as they can before the, their actual start date. Yeah I know um, IBM they get all of their new starts before they join to do all the mandatory training which I think is great because they're the, it's often the most boring and it's actually a great yeah. opportunity to get that out of the way before their first day. Yeah, absolutely. So let's have a look at the third key outcome from onboarding, mm. which is about helping people feel welcome, the kind of social side. We know that there were about 70 separate studies, I think, that showed that feeling socially accepted was a key factor in newcomer success. And again, this is going to be much harder and probably even more important without that physical contact. Yeah, I was just going to um, think, I just thought of an experience that I had um, when I joined you at the BBC, Lucy. And on my first day, I had to go to the television centre and do some IT induction before they would let me have access to a laptop. Um, <laughs> even though I'd been using that laptop for years, I had to go and have some specific training. And I got sent off to go and find this training. And it was my first day. And I think you were having um, a team meeting in the afternoon. And I had oh to- God, I remember back. this. Oh, <laughs> and I got lost. And um, I was wandering around television centre with a bit of paper, <laughs> looking for this IT room. And I was in there all of about, I don't know, five minutes. The IT person wasn't particularly friendly or warm. And I was then late for my, meet my meeting with you. And it was the first time that I was actually going to meet the rest of my peers 
And I remember walking back to the building, looking again, looking for another meeting room and actually feeling quite tearful and thinking, I just want to go home. (laughs) Uh, So from my own experience, I can remember how important it feels to be socially accepted and to feel that kind of feel that you're being, you know, you're feeling warm and welcomed, if you like. Yeah. So how Um, are you going to do it when you can't actually meet anybody? Yeah, that's really tough because it's nerve wracking enough as it is, isn't it, without not actually being able to physically see people. Yeah. Um, So I think there are some some there's a number of different ways that we could do this I think that again before the person starts getting them to to join up with each other on LinkedIn or other social network sites to at least they can start some discussions they may have people on LinkedIn that they they know in common that they can perhaps talk about so that could be quite a good icebreaker I think this your internal comms tools are really vital for this and we're seeing many organizations who are who set up separate sort of groups if you like for new because they can all feel in it together uh you know my favorite is facebook workplace which i know walmart heineken spotify starbucks all use that um and they just have this kind of uh separate group for new starters where they can chat ask questions they can push kind of information that might be useful to them but you can use any engagement platform if you're if you prefer to use ms teams or slack or whatever you want to do i think in particularly in lockdown rather than the one-to-ones physically than setting up face-to-face virtual induction so it might be on their first morning you set up a kind of a team uh, zoom call and introduce them maybe some maybe get the rest of the team to introduce themselves and talk about some fun facts that make them a little bit more human Uh, maybe having an online lunch you know everybody brings their kind of cheese sandwiches or whatever they're <laughs> eating in lockdown um, and have a kind of virtual lunch giving them something to do perhaps in the first week giving them a couple of tasks so that they can start trying to feel that they're actually making some sort of contribution and what about um, what about uh, buddying up? Because obviously that's something that uh, more and more companies are doing. And I think, you know, can be a really useful way of, yeah. of getting that kind of social. It doesn't have to be with the manager, does it? You know, no. it can be with one of the team members. It's a bit like having a mentor, isn't it? You know, you need different people for different things. And I love what Buffer do because they have they usually assign every new person three buddies And it's the leader buddy, who is the kind of the direct line manager, a role buddy who can help that person out much more in terms of the technical aspects of the role. And then they have a culture buddy and the culture buddy is the more, you know, this is how things work around here. This is, you know, where we, how we order our stationery or I don't know, whatever it might be. I'm trying to think what would you need that person for in lockdown, but the social aspects maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of cultural piece is the bit that that we very often ignore because, uh, you know, we're so focused on getting them up to speed with the job and what they need to do on their first day or what the technical aspects of the role are. But very often that the kind of intangible stuff like, you know, how do decisions get made or um, how do we know whether something's gone down badly, you know, all of that stuff. And having someone that can kind of help us read that stuff, particularly in lockdown, is really important. Which actually, I mean, we do quite a lot of these culture guides for for, for organisations, which is the 
you know, how things work around here rather than kind of slamming them on first day with the employee handbook full of policies. It's much more of a marketing document which says, you know, this is how we work. This is how things get done. This is how, what to do if you're, if you're sick. This is what to do if you want to go on holiday, but in a much more fun way. And obviously, if you've got something like that online, that's going to be really helpful for in a lockdown situation for new starters to kind of get up to speed really quickly. So finally, let's have a look at an approach that we've been banging on about for ages, which is about treating people as adults and letting them manage their own onboarding rather than um, having it done to them, you know, in this kind of classroom style induction. I mean, this is a new trend that I think will be accelerated even when things return to normal, you know, clearly right now they can't do induction as a classroom activity. They're having to do things in a different way. But I think when we eventually see whatever the new normal is, I think this is a trend that we'll see continuing. And just an example maybe to kind of to show what we're talking about here. And, and I think L'Oreal is a fantastic example of this. So what they do is they provide every new hire with an app which is kind of this idea of their of their own pocket coach, as they call it. And this is about helping them navigate uh, their way around, obviously, a very large organization. And what it's got is just different little capsules of content on things like agility, networking, cooperation. Each little capsule's got uh, a mixture of text in there, photos, videos, testimonials, quizzes, mini games. Every newcomer completes these kind of little capsules in, in order to put their learning into practice on the job. And I love this, that as they progress through their onboarding program, they win what they call kind of insider secrets, which is an interesting fact or story about L'Oreal, which is kind of only known by those on the inside. Each capsule is totally bite-sized. Newcomers complete it by playing with the app for just five to 10 minutes a day on their first month at L'Oreal. But the whole point is that it's over to them. It's not being done to them. Mm -hmm. They can choose which one they look at first. It's a, it's a way of saying you are owning your own onboarding experience. And I love that because it's not about taking people into a room and showing them 90 PowerPoint slides. It's done in a fun, gamified, engaging way, multimedia, but it's owned by the employee. Yeah, that's good. I know um, MHS Homes, um, they have a scavenger hunt. And so rather than it being a physical scavenger hunt, they do it virtually through the company intranet, which again is a really nice way of yeah. making it a bit more fun for people to find out kind of facts about the organisation. Yeah, so, love it. So obviously we know that onboarding is going to be more difficult during lockdown, but actually from the things that we've just talked about, it could actually be an opportunity for it to be better? I think so. You know, I think that if we focus on the outcomes that we want, what lockdown is doing is forcing HR teams to have to think laterally and think, how can I achieve the same outcomes but in different ways. And, and, you know, you and I both hope that when lockdown ends, that we don't immediately revert to some of these old traditional ways of doing onboarding. You yeah. know, this has given us a real opportunity to do things differently. Definitely. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. We really hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more resources to help you change HR, 
check out the Disruptive HR Club at www.disruptivehr.club.